So cool. here we go. I like harassment, right. especially sexual Ooh, harassment. That's the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like taking it, not getting. Oh, it. that's good. I mean, that's the safest way. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, PC. Right. <clears throat> All right. So everyone, welcome to FR Locked. This is going to be a podcast where we're going to shit talk each other. It's not going to be clean. Um, comedy and sarcasm are accepted. If that's not for you, then get the fuck out, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'll right. All right. So today is um, Stevens on here at Aspirns on Instagram, which is one of the greatest Instagram names, which I'm pretty sure is like why I started following you. I was like <laughs> just scrolling and I was like, this guy's name's Aspirns. And he has a fucking... Who the fuck is Aspirns? Who names himself Aspirins? Aspirins. <laughs> I, I didn't even name it myself though i just kind of took the name and it kind of stuck uh since my last name right. burns my dad nicknamed myself ass burns my brother dick <laughs> burns and my sister Red burns. and so i was creating a forum name way back in the day chop cult motorcycle right. stuff and somehow that day he said something about hey ass burns and i was like yeah, i'm gonna use that name and i used it and it kind of stuck ever since then <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing i love how you're I talk about changing all the time to be a little bit more professional and stuff because I'm starting to get like people that I work with following me and stuff. And I'm like, eh, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, that's right. I absolutely hate my Instagram name. And it was only to make fun of people. And then it like stuck. And then like I started using that basically only that account. And I was like, well, I can't really change it now, even though it's awful. But uh, it works out. So anyway, I, it's a poser name, but really you're just making fun of exactly. Posers. That's that's the goal. And then people are like, "But you, but it's a overlands in your name." I was like, "Do you not know how to read?" They're like, "It's it's Team it's B. B Overland." I was like, "No, it's not. <laughs> it's not even how it's. There's an R for one, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> Maybe capitalize. The Maybe, R, bro. bro. <laughs> yeah." So you're heading out to fucking Ducey next or this week, huh? Yeah, leaving Saturday morning, dropping off the kids first thing in the morning at, I think, my brother and sister's house. And then um, from there, we're heading up. It's like a seven-hour drive from where I'm at, heading up there. And we actually might have a little bit of a change of plans. We were going to do Doozy. And then after we finish Doozy, hit some of the local trails. Like, I'd like to check out, like, Swamp Lake, Mirror Lake, Coyote Lake, Red Lake. You know, there's all those lakes up there. See what we can pick up afterwards. But one of the guys, Matt, uh, on the forum, he's not on Instagram, but on the forum, uh, it's the okay. esoteric one, and uh, he is changing th- some things around. So we might be doing a couple of those trails beforehand, and then starting Tuesday nice. Monday. So is we'll Andrew see. going with you guys? Still, everything's last. Yeah, Andy, uh, he's going, and then Mike is going as well. I don't know if you know Mike, but uh, Mike oh, okay. Taco, he's on the on the forum too. I think that's his name on Instagram too. I don't remember Mike Taco. Like, yeah. like that. That'll be cool. Have you ever ran Fortis? Yeah. Or four dice, however the fuck you want to say. No, I have not. I say four dice. I don't know. I've never heard anyone say yeah. it any other way. But no, Andy and Matt just ran that last weekend, and they said it was fucking gnarly. Yeah, they said it was probably the limit of what IFS, a street legal IFS, yeah. can do. Which I'd like to put that. Yeah, for sure. Someday, I want to try to come someday. down there because <laughs> there are some guys that from up here that uh, were running that ran the route, or not up here, but like up here and down in California. And that ran uh, Rubicon like two weekends ago, 
and they uh <laughs> one of the guys that went with them he has a second or it's either a second or third gen pickup uh and mm-hmm. solid axle and he was talking mad shit because one of the guys that went with them was uh was was ifs but he was ifs on like 32s uh Oh, that's like a stock vehicle. That's not even yeah. just IFS. You can't even compare that to a solid axle swap. Right. Big so tires. he's like stock. At- yeah, because Matt and Andy just ran Rubicon and they did the whole trail in like seven hours right. or something. And I, something stupid. And he's fast. like, and he told me like, I here, I got to, can I click out of the? I can't click out of the app and still record. I took a screenshot of what he said because I thought it was entertaining. Now, I don't know this guy personally. I know guys that do. So, but he, this is his comment. Um, He's like, uh, but you drive an IFS FJ on 37s. Your front drivetrain is going to explode on the first real trail you go down. So talk all the shit you want. Go buy a Marola patch uh, to improve your mood and then go back to empty pocket crawlers <laughs> and tell them how mean we were to you. It's <laughs> like, all right. That's fucking hilarious. It's funny because they had these guys. I mean, I don't even have that built of a vehicle. I just have some things done to it. I don't have like upgraded axles, like some of these solid axle swap guys. They have upgraded right. axles, promo axles, RCVs, dual cases. And it's like, okay, you're built, but wait, wait till I have long travel RCV axles, dual cases, like Andy right. and Mike have. They are, they did Rubicon, no problem. They smoked that trail. It's that was easy for them. So. People that say IFS can't do shit. And then wait till we get to the desert, motherfucker. We're going to smoke your ass as soon as let's get to the trail as fast as we can and see, see who gets there first. That's what I like about IFS. Oh, did I lose you? Uh oh. Are we losing service or something? Is it me or is it you? Um, oh, I'm back. You're back. Whoever's back. Hold on. I heard it. Um, What happened there? All right. That's fine. It just disconnected, but it did save the first uh, clip. So I'll just have to, you can put them together, which is pretty easy. Yeah, man, these guys, it's so funny how much, I mean, they talk shit. I was like, and one, I wheeled so much on 35s before I went 37. So I was like, Mm -hmm. it's it's not, and I stayed the same width tire. So it's not like I added that much more strength. Yeah, exactly. But. So yeah, so, yeah I mean, so you guys it, talk a lot of shit on IFS, and I mean they have a right. Yeah. IFS is harder to, to rock crawl; it isn't as strong. But for an overall, for ninety percent of what most people are doing, IFS kicks ass because you can make it strong if you put the time and effort into it. You go RCV axles, you upgrade some stuff, long yep. travel, whatever. You could do all that stuff if you take the time to have the wheel wells. You know, you can do you can fit bigger tires. So and then yep. you can haul ass through the desert, which much exactly. more comfortable. You could drive. 90 miles an hour on the freeway with one finger on the wheel but try yeah. that in a fucking clapped out cherokee <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're holding on for dear life over 65 miles an hour <laughs> yeah and i mean like i wheel with I have like good friends that drive like I, I don't know there's like four or five guys up here that i know that drive tjs and jks and it's like i wheel with them just as often as i you know do other people and it's like it's not like yeah i mean most like 90 percent of people off the road would like 
TJs and JKs and stuff like that are running like a two inch lift on like a couple inch extended shock and they don't have that much mm-hmm. travel anyway. And then you have guys that are running like exactly. clapped out pickup or like Toyota salt axle pickups. And you're like, you're running an eight inch front diff still. So you're still running the same front diff they have or guys will be like, well, long travel and all that shit's so expensive. And then they put like a, you know, Dana 60 ARB, like, rcbs under the front of their truck and you're like that's a ten thousand dollar axle eight thousand dollar (laughs) axle right by the time it's fully built yeah Yeah. so it's it's definitely it's six to one half dozen to the other i mean you can you can build it as much as you want and you can wheel it however i mean if you're not willing to build up an ifs to rock crawl that's cool you could still go have a lot of fun you don't need a solid axle vehicle to go do 90 percent of what most people do off-roading i mean i don't just rock crawl rock crawling is like 40% 40% of what I love to do. Right. I like going fast and I also like just exploring and, you know, putting around, screwing around, looking at shit. My biggest so. thing is like, like you said, like, I mean, I'm not at like as many times as I go wheeling, like my preferred method is going to the rocks, but it's like, if I want to go out and do something, two things, I want to be able to drive my shit there and then be comfortable while I'm doing mm-hmm. it. So I'm like going camping or hunting, especially it's like, I can drive out there. I don't have to worry about it. I can drive my shit to Moab and back. There's a lot of guys, even solid axle swap guys that, I mean, they still can drive them on the road, but they do lose some drivability. The drivability. Yeah. Comfort. And then they have all that unsprung weight and going out to the desert. I mean, my dad has a JK. He's on Dana 60s, 37s, King coilovers, front and rear, uh, hydro bump. So his is pretty built for a JK. And, um, I mean, he kept, keeps up for the most part with me, and I'm not long travel or anything. I only have Bilstein 5100s in the front and 7100s in the rear. So it's not like I have this crazy built vehicle. I just you know, run it super hard. But I'm still faster than him with all his in the desert. I'll do the coilovers and all that stuff. He'll never even be able to keep exactly. it. Exactly. But in the rocks, he just rolls over stuff that I'm struggling on. Yeah. So yeah, just different purpose builds. I mean, I love IFS because the versatility of it. And I just like seeing like the technology evolve. Solid axle, I mean, anyone can take a solid axle, slap some links on it and do hydro assist or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's done, been done how many times? I want to see some new innovative stuff. And that's, the, that's what I really like about IFS right. the most. That's why we started the forum is because I wanted to see innovation come and out go of the ahead thing. I think it's a cool platform. And mention that form real Let's quick, ifsoffroad.com, correct? ifsoffroad.com, yeah. Formerly, it started out, uh, ifsoffroad.com was already bought, the screen name or the um, domain name was already bought, and then all of a sudden, like two months into having the forum, it came available, so we snatched it. It was like 20 bucks or something, and... Uh, we started out as independent off-roading, but once we got that name, which is what we wanted, we bought it and kind of switched it over. So okay. ever since maybe December or something, we switched it over to IFS off-road, which is overall better because it's right. IFS off-roading. That's the you know the goal. And it's just more thing, it's, you know it's so, not Tacoma World. You know, yeah. go on there, talk shit, call out Stephen for being a poser, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a free for all, which is really fun because we kind of just monitor ourselves. The whole right. idea, I mean, we're small, so we don't really need mods because we kind of police ourselves. But it's kind of a free yeah. for all. You get butt hurt, well, yeah. Leave. And if someone, <laughs> if you get butt hurt, I mean, we're a bunch of guys yeah, talking exactly. about off roading. Don't get butt hurt. Yeah, I mean, it can go a bunch of different ways. I totally had something yeah. I was going to ask you, and now I fucking forget what it was going to be. Oh, so 
Now, I've seen people all the time, and I know that you deal with this because I see it on your post, and I also get the same thing. When people ask you all the time, like, when are you going to solid axle swap your third gen? Now, I think third gen is a decent platform to solid (laughs) axle, like, and so is, like, the second gen Tacomas and stuff, too. But you basically have always said the same thing Mm -hmm. that I've said. If I wanted solid axle, I wouldn't have started with the platform. Yeah, exactly. My plan, yeah, my plan initially, actually, so back up a little bit. If I was to buy, if I was going to want a solid axle, I would buy a Jeep. I freaking think that the LJ platform is probably the all-around best platform to build into a rock crawler. It's the most badass, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, my initial plan was not to build a forum. I was actually going to build like a ZJ or something, something that's cheap, easy, and, you know, something I could rock crawl. Well, I ended up wheeling the Forerunner a couple of times and it just had the yep. stock rear locker, straight tires, you know, nothing. I was like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty, pretty capable considering it's just a Forerunner. I never expected a Forerunner to be able to do anything. And then next thing you know, I'm put, I'm making sliders. I put 33s on there. I wheeled that for a few months. Right. And I was like, I should probably get a lift at some point. So I lifted it and <laughs> I'm just wheeling around and still thinking I'm going to build either you know a tj or lj or something or maybe a zj you know if i can afford a tj i'll do that but it's most likely a zj or something and then i just kind of got out of hand with this and i liked how ifs you know was comfortable i wanted to go fast i'm not just a rock crawler i like i'm in the freaking middle of the desert i want to go fast well like my thing is it's like i I know i assume you know eric he's the one that has that tan uh solid axle fj and you He's got a, know, he's got, it's on super duty axles and everything. It, I mean, it's <laughs> very well done and he did it like full hydrogen stuff like that. So he can drive it on the street if he really wanted to, but it's a trailer rig and everything. Did a really good job on it. Truck turned out like really good. Mm-hmm. He did essentially all the work on it. And I think Otwell and stuff like helped him with it. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have, you know, my FJ that I paid like X amount of money for. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's a great platform to start mm-hmm. off with a solid axle. Like you're saying, like you might as well buy so like a T or something. I love LJs. Like, yeah. but even when I was looking to buy my FJ, I looked at TJs and LJs and like, I was like a 2002 LJs, like damn near as much money as I'm going to pay for like a 2008 FJ. Like. Right. Yeah. They're, they're LJs are stupid expensive. If I were to eat, someday, I'd like to build one, but yeah, yeah they're, they're ridiculous. They're That's definitely why cool. They're just back, super obviously. expensive, but for especially for, I mean, you could say for how old they are, because I mean, yeah. LJs are still up there too, but at least they're newer and which kind of and exactly Toyota reliability. So, which is like the main too. thing that steered me away from buying a JK, especially because like unless you buy like 2013 and newer, then you like have all sorts of engine problems and stuff like that because that three eight or whatever mm. it was was pretty trash yeah and then they're just ridiculously yeah. expensive you're spending thirty thousand right. dollars on a jeep a stock jeep it seems like that if you want to get the rubicon with all the uh the front and rear lockers already that way you don't have to jump into aftermarket yeah exactly it's, it's just super expensive yeah well i didn't intend for this to be solid axle bashing first episode <laughs> but oh, we're not bashing <laughs> solid axle is fun no yeah, yeah i just no out of all of them. I like IFS just because the innovation I want to see. I want to see more innovation and more all around use. Right. And that's, a, that's you know, the biggest thing is when it comes down to it, 
for what I do and everything, it works just fine for that. And then I do get a ridiculous amount of travel for being IFS. I mean, there's mm. more to be had, you know, a wider kit or something like that. But, you know, That's for what all around platform. Yeah, I go wheeling with guys that are on uh, that have solid axles, and they see me, and I have this clapped out forerunner that should beat the shit everywhere, and they're like, right. "Oh, this guy, you know, we're gonna be slowed down." And next thing you know, I'm doing everything they're doing, and I'm trying new lines and doing stuff. They're like, "Oh shit!" Like, I didn't think that you're able to actually do anything with that thing. That's pretty cool. So it's actually yeah. it's fun to actually go on wheeling with jeeps because they don't expect that this you know super low, you know, only on thirty fives you know, forerunner that's just beat to shit. It looks like I just, you know, well, I did slap together in my garage, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's pretty fun to see them with be some, all surprised. <laughs> slap together with some math behind it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. We, uh, bad. Right. We, uh, when I bought my FJ, like, I initially, I was, like, trying to find something. I was, like, I need something four-wheel drive that has enough room and is going to be reliable. And basically was planning on like hunting and camping and shit like I usually do. And then yeah. literally bought it like December 30 or 30th or something like that. And within a couple of days, I was out snow wheeling. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> this is actually pretty cool. And then uh, I had an 88 Blazer before that. And I had done like some wheeling and stuff in it. But it was like fairly mild and more like mud pit kind of annoying shit. And <laughs> so like I started wheeling it and then it just like progressively went downhill or uphill, whichever you want to say it from there. Downhill is like, I mean, a better way to do it. It's cheaper yeah. than drugs. Oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But at least I'm not yeah, stealing shit to pay for it. Right. That's true. So, I mean, it was just, yeah, exactly. A downhill progression till you know, where we're at now. And it's funny because, like, there's a, uh, a place basically – or. Yeah, a couple hours from where I'm at, it's called the Funny Rocks. And uh, Fourth of July weekend, there's a bunch of people that go out there, a bunch of salt axle guys, and you know, built like straight buggies and like super cool rigs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went up there this year just to you know hang out with them, watch them do all the buggy lines and stuff. And then like I started fucking around on the Funny Rocks, some and like I can't. It was so funny how many guys were like, "Wait, you're gonna take that up that?" And I was like, well, "Yeah, why not?" Uh, That's what I'm here for. I've done, it, I've done it before. And then, like, some people are like, I can't believe you kept up with us even on the trail all day. And I was like, what? <laughs> all right. Uh, and that's what's it's kind fun. of the fun part of it at the same time. Like, yeah, you know, it's people. Surprising and yeah. I'm surprised all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, people since, you know, beginning of, or, you know, since people started wheeling, it's all been sawed axle. And then Toyota, like, late 80s or whatever it was, went to IFS. Well, I guess that Jeep was the first technical IFS, I guess. But Yeah, but no one, no one wheeled it. <laughs> exactly. So Toyota went IFS, and then, like, that system just was not great. And then yeah. the, like, second-gen Tacoma, third-gen 4Runner system, like, really, I think, innovate, or, like, innovated yeah. everything. <clears throat> it's it such... it quite a bit stronger. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a lot stronger. It's a lot more comfortable. It's... And you have that little bit longer wheelbase, which actually helps a little bit, you know, when you're IFS, you're not flexing over things when you're climbing big ledges, that little extra wheelbase actually helps quite a bit. Right. So, and there's so many things on like the, what is a third gen, the 90 series platform or whatever the fuck they call it. I can't remember. I can clear. Like, they call the, California, 
the United States. I don't have to do the 90 series platform thing. Those are yeah. for the Aussie guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, that platform, like, have you ever looked at like a FJ or Forerunner tie rods compared to like a third gen or a second gen Tacoma tie rods? They're tiny, huh? Your tie rods yeah. are so much bigger than oh, the yeah. FJ I've tie rods. I've never actually bent one enough to have to do a trail replacement. Surprising. Yeah, I, I haven't bent any or broke any on the trail. I still don't know how, but I, you know, just getting lucky, I think. And like, we don't deal with like a lot of like big cracks and like up here. So you're not getting like a lot of that pressure on both front wheels at the same time, I guess. But I've bent them, but not like, I'll be like adjusting it. And like, you can see the bend in it. I'm like, Oh, I should yeah. probably replace that right now. But not like 90 degree breaks or anything like that. But when I was like, I was working on the third gen the other day and I was like, what the hell? Why do we not have it's uh, Yeah. So and much. our steering racks are so easy to replace. It takes like an yeah. hour to replace it. Easy. Yeah. My, my steering racks is like a solid, like four hours in and out. Yeah. Everyone says you had to flip the bolt and grind it down or something. Yeah. Flip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. To flip the bolt. If not, you got to pull the AC compressor. You have to drop the two front diff mount bolts out, and then so the front diff can hang, and you can get like the rack out through there. Not great. Uh, Anytime I keep working on third gens, I'm like, I should just sell my FJ and buy a third gen and start over. But yeah, and the third gens have a little bit like a stock height, you know, considering the same size tires and stuff. Third gens have a little bit, little tiny bit more ground clearance, not a whole lot. Yeah, I, I measured. You can always cure that. Yeah, you know, rotate the transfer case or whatever and then be a mm. little better. Or Atlas. You just go Atlas. That's the goals. Yeah. Four speed Atlas would be so badass. If I keep a V six. I was yep. just telling someone today on the forum that if I keep the V six, four speed Atlas with a one point five to one transfer case, yep. being able to, you know, do like sixty miles an hour in, in low range. And yep. then you can always go to like the four point eight to one in the yep. super low. That'd be so rad, especially out in the desert where I'm not trying to go 80 miles an hour in the desert. I mean, I'm not even fully caged yet, but, um, you know, that'd be nice to be able to have that torque when 90% of the wheeling I'm doing is, you know, between two miles an hour and 40 miles an hour. I'm always back and forth, you know, when we're out in the desert and stuff. Yeah. It'd be nice to have some power in that range, not like either, because I can't go more than like 20 miles an hour in low where on the stock low range. Yeah. Stock low range. I'm like in fourth in stock low and low stock low range. I get like 25 mile an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I pulled onto the highway the other day coming back from our trip, and right. I forgot to take it out of four low. And I was like, man, this thing feels like it has power. What's going on? I get it, and it doesn't go past, like, 25 miles an hour. It's, like, redlining. Like, no, 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 no. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? I'm like, oh, shit. I forgot to take it out. Oh, my wife even said that. She's like, are you still in four low? I'm like, oh, fuck. It's a good way to ruin a transfer case driving on the highway. Maybe you should <laughs> have her drive, and then you can just, like, ride in the passenger seat and drink some White Claws or something. Uh, uh yeah it's not hard pass hard, okay right. i see how it is uh <laughs> i'll keep i'll keep the miller light miller Eastern light game going on that, that seems fair i guess so yeah. yeah so tell everyone a little bit about your forerunner i know that we don't have like a ton of time to dive into it but you know it is one of the few I guess they're all four linked, but <laughs> one of the f- that are actually legitimate tri- dual triangulated four link 
true four legs. <clears throat> one of the only true four legs. And then like you reloaded yeah. his tank and everything. So yeah. Um so initially, so first thing I was kind of going to like the start of the build and like how it progressed. So initially when I first lifted it, I uh, I didn't want to use the stock mounting location for the shocks, for the rear shocks, because I didn't want to lose any up travel. In my opinion, up travel is way more important than just flexing out and stuff. Right. I want to be able to have some comfort and low low ride height, so I wanted to have some up travel for the desert stuff. And so I redid, I made some custom outboard mounts, uh, shock mounts, and then I used Bilstein 7100 short body shocks, 12-inch stroke. And those actually have been pretty great for me, the shocks themselves. They're obviously not the best, but I spent like 350 bucks on, on a set of shocks and they're rebuildable, retunable. They don't pit the, the shaft. I haven't had any pitting out over like five year period. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I did that first and it was great. And then eventually I built a bumper, uh, did the front lift and all that stuff. And then uh, did the front bumper winch. And then I kept getting hung up on, I kept bashing the gas tank. I didn't want to build a gas tank skid because the gas tank was just in the way in the beginning. I finally broke the gas tank wheeling, doing a, a trail up here locally. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm moving in the gas tank. So we did some research, started talking to Keith. Uh, he's the one that owns I'm Keith. Right. And, uh, you know, me, him, and our buddy Tyler that lives up in Oregon, we were talking about it. We kept bouncing ideas around. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go for it. So I did the relocation using the F-150 tank, put it in the rear where the spare tire was, and then I did, I ran that for probably like six months and I was like, all right, you know, I, I have all this room underneath. I think it's time to four link. I've been wanting to do it for a long time because I kept getting caught after I moved the tank. I kept getting caught on the stock links and it would drive me nuts. I go up a, a ledge and I'm just sitting there caught on the links and I had aftermarket. I made my own links. So they're super strong so I could bash them, but it just kept getting caught. So I'm, like, I'm going to do four link. I'm going to make it high clearance. So I tucked it up pretty high. I did a low roll axis angle actually negative relaxus angle, which is really nice when wheeling because the stock ones have like a 10 degree, 12 degree relaxus, positive relaxus angle. Right. So when you're locked trying to climb this like off camber ledge, you're always like three wheeling it and it's yeah. super sketchy. So with the low relaxus angle, it helps keep that front end, you know, tucked down under torque. So like before, if I put, turned on uh, the rear locker on the road and I made a turn, no matter what the front tire is coming off the ground. But nowadays, I have to like really, really try. So I could drive around all over the town with my rear locker engaged and it doesn't drive weird. Right. So that helps. And uh, it's super high clearance. They're longer links. They're like 42 inch long leaks. So that helps a ton being able to hit stuff. And it's just really nice. It drives way better and have way more clearance and it protects the drive shaft still. So that part's pretty cool. And then just recently, and so I went back up a little bit. I also did hydro bumps when I did the four link and I tubbed the wheel wells to get a little bit more up travel. So right. I have like three inches, two and a half inches more up travel than stock, which helps a lot. I have a pretty low ride height, usually only like an inch of lift. And then uh, nice. just recently I did a full engine cage and then I did a new front bumper and I tucked everything up and back. So that way I have a much better approach angle than I had before, which is as of this week. And I didn't really put it that much to the test, but I used to hit it all the time. I'd come up to a ledge and just like smack it like dink think like oh, i guess i can't go up unless i stack rocks or something because my front end's just hitting this wall yeah so i'm hoping i can actually start getting up stuff but some some of these steeper ledges without any bashing so that engine get done with that and that's you knock that engine so, cage out quick too would it take you two weeks to get it all done a little oh more? no it took more than that by the time i started to the time i finished it 
and I still have to take it all apart and paint it. I'm going to do like a steel it coating or something on it, but I wanted to hurry up and get it done. And uh, it took me about four weeks okay. from very start to very finish. By the time I started like cutting everything off, um, cleaning out all the material, bending the tubes and actually finishing it. And I tried to be, you know, usually I've, I've, every time I do projects, I try to get a little bit better and really take my time, you know, making my quality of my work better and better every time. So I use this a little bit of a learn, as a learning experience to spend more time bending tubing and practice the tube notching and stuff. And so I was really trying to get my take my time, not have any gaps in my tube notches. And so I could have definitely done it a lot faster. I probably could have got it done in two weeks. But like when I built my bumper, I tucked everything back so much that I didn't leave a lot of room for clearance. So like or make any mistakes. So I was double, triple, quadruple measuring everything. So every yeah. time I do something, I'd measure: does this work? Does this work? Does this work? So. I kind of squeezed every last inch out of everything. I don't think there's really much more because I'd be worried about my fan hitting my radiator up after that point, but I'm super happy with it. It's going to be strong enough and saves a bunch of room. I, the only thing that kind of sucks, which it's kind of a, there's trade-offs. I had to move my battery to the rear, the back in the cargo area, Okay. which kind of sucks because it takes up a little bit of space, but not really since it's on the wheel wells. But right. um, that's kind of the only bummer, but it also helps having the, we, the weight in the rear end. It makes the front yeah. kind of float over things a little bit better. So that was pretty nice. And you move the winch way up and everything too. It turned out really nice. Yeah, it's yeah, it's up into the grill. So it only sits. It's the winch bottom of the winch plate is level with the bottom of the top tube. So inch and three quarter top tube. So it only sits an inch and three quarters below the grill. The bottom of the winch does. So it's and like tucked way up in there. And that's all tied into the actual engine cage itself. So you should have no issues actually pulling on it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all tied in to the engine cage. So I'm not, if you know, it would have to bust a lot of things before it has strength concerns. Yeah, if it rips the whole engine cage out, then I guess it won, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Did you go non-ABS booster? Did I see that correctly? Uh, not booster. I kept the stock booster and master okay. cylinder. I just took the non-ABS. I went to the junkyard and pulled the non-ABS brake lines. That way oh, I ditched okay. the whole ABS system. That way I don't have to deal with all that stuff in the way. And I already pulled the, the fuse for the ABS anyway, just because it was annoying. Right. So you might as well eliminate as much as I could. So I eliminated a lot of stuff. The only thing I kind of wish I didn't eliminate, which is going to be a kind of a pain to, uh, on Saturday driving up there, is the... Um, cruise control oh it's gonna be yeah. kind of a bitch uh, yeah i should have kept it i think i still have the, the harness and stuff so i might still end up putting it back on something out are you going to i didn't look i don't know if you've updated recently uh obviously with the engine cage you lose like all inner fender apron and everything are you gonna like do like bolton's plate or a liner or something like that <clears throat> he's gonna leave it open yeah i'll probably do some sort of plastic liner i think oh, just wow. because it'll make less noise like less yeah. rattling um, I don't know because when like rocks hit aluminum, I've, I've ruled with some Jeeps before that have those aluminum oh, fender yeah. liners, and when rocks hit them, it's just like ping, 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 ping. Yeah. So it's, I think I might just do like some sort. Of, I don't know if I'll, I'll do ABS plastic or what, but I'll talk to Curtis over there at Durobumps. He's the plastic guru. Yep. And uh, I'll probably talk to him and figure out, hey, what should I get? You know, I only need like eighth inch thick, something that rocks aren't going to blow through, sticks aren't going to blow through, but right. something that's thin enough where it's not going to be hard to work with, something I can just do bends and easily remake it cut it with a, a sharp razor blade or something yeah for sure it makes sense. sense easy enough to keep it all out of there and then 
exactly. So I'll do that at some point, do some Zeus fasteners or something. But I got to figure something out before desert season starts because once winter hits and storms kind of come out of nowhere, like the rain. And so puddles sometimes stick around for a while. So I don't want to be sucking up a bunch of water and stuff. Right. That's one nice thing that about down there is like up here because I was just cutting my inner fender wheels out last weekend. And like, I like the whole time, like I have to at least temporarily have something so my intake is not exposed because all we get up here is just yeah water all the time. Rain 70% of the year. <laughs> and it's like this time, like now the rain has already started. So even if we get dry times, like the trails are already going to be fucked up here. It's just going to be soupy wetness all the yep. time. Yeah, we actually got rain for probably an hour this morning for the first time in like two months. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. And then until this weekend, it's supposed to rain. So it might actually snow on our doozy trip, <laughs> which is going to be interesting. It's supposed to be cold. Last year we did it uh, mid-August, so it was like perfect weather up there. All right. One of the guys, Mike, fuck you, Mike, if you're hearing, um, he said that the only weekend he can get or the week that he can get was this week. So we're like, all right, you know, it's going to be cold. We didn't really think it was going to be this cold, but Courtright Reservoir is at like 8,000 feet elevation. And if you look at the weather on, I think, Sunday or Monday, the uh, and we're going to be at like nine to 10,000 feet most of the trail. And so down there, and then you add, you know, or subtract five degrees per thousand feet elevation right. on a rough estimate. So the lows on, I think, Monday are supposed to be like 10 degrees, 15 degrees. So it's going to be fucking miserably cold. That's so I think I'm going to go get like a car <laughs> car heart coveralls that are all insulated and stuff. I might go get some of those. Yeah. Just wear those. For sure. They didn't Eskimo for the week. That's the benefit of not having a cheat. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're fully enclosed. Yeah. Yep. That's the part that's nice. Yeah. And get that win or getting that window fixed today, putting that aluminum panel on there. Nice. So that'll be nice. Get it all sealed up and everything. Yeah. I'm just going to mount it just the same way I mount a window you know with that urethane glue whatever it is put that on there should hold should be waterproof yeah it works for a window should work for me shouldn't do anything shouldn't be any different than a window just not when you run the whole driver's side of your truck against a tree (laughs) i meant yeah i didn't think a window was gonna break i thought i was just dragging along the roof but that little knot at the end popped it right through yeah yeah the bummer I'm on your Instagram right now, and I see that uh, you're trying out the whole Instagram modeling. How's that going for you? Uh, it's not getting me anywhere. I'm not getting any new likes or followers, really. I mean, I got a couple likes, but no new followers. So I'm not going to get any free trips around the world, you know, by some rich guy, unfortunately. That's kind of lame. So, yeah, it's not. I, know, I, did, I think she, I should probably get some breast implants. I might actually get a little bit more followers. You might. Um... <laughs> Or just wear less clothes. You could try that. I just don't know if I have the body for that. I mean, you could give it a try. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like the body shaming, okay? You know, I think that it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That probably won't happen, but we'll we'll see. I can always try it. Keep the option, you know. (laughs) Keep the idea in place. Uh, (laughs) On that front tube, did you roll... Do you have like a do you have a roller or did you bend that? I, I borrowed a buddy's tube roller. I, I rolled that top tube, so that way it's, it kind of follows the line of the front, you know, valance or I guess grill headlights. So it follows that line. It's a nice and smooth transition. Looks a lot hell of a lot better in my opinion than just a, a couple bends. 
feel like I lost you again. Trevor. Hey, Ben. Hello. How are you doing? Okay. Okay. This is going to be entertaining for at least people that listen to it. Uh, <laughs> the, the three people that <laughs> might actually. Um, so when you and Aunt, it's you, Andy, and Mike, are Matt going? Mike, Matt? I can't remember what you said. Yeah. Both. Both. Okay. That makes sense. Mike and Matt. So when you guys get back, man, four or five people would be a lot. Might have to break it up or something. But anyway, when you guys get back, you definitely come back and then talk about how it was. I definitely want to have Andy yeah, we got on popsicles because he uh, he does some crazy shit. Yeah, man. He I don't even know how I never heard of the guy before, and maybe just because he's like, you know, not super showboaty. But I think I just found. I think I started following Kyle because you were working on a st- I was like, they're tubbing this guy's firewall with like 3,000 miles around this truck. Yeah, I think 6,000 miles. 6, yeah, miles. 6,000 miles on a 2016 or 2015. Yeah. It a, it's a second gen, so I think 15 Yeah, last year. Yeah. Yeah, he drove it up drove it straight down from Utah. And we just, hey, we got to fit these 35s and you want 37s potentially? Well, let's just start cutting shit out. Yeah, might as well. It's pretty funny, place, right? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I found it right off of... Kyle's page and I was like how is there like a Tacoma like this it's so badass and I've never heard of it which is why I like IFS off-road forum because there's so many mm-hmm. badass trucks on there too so yeah I think it, that's what we're trying to do we're trying to kind of show the you know what IFS can really do sure we have to you know take things a little bit slower and right it's definitely a little bit more of a struggle but like we talked about at the beginning of this is there's trade-offs I mean if you're just building a rock crawler then yeah don't build an IFS truck right it's not the best platform. If you're going to trailer it to the hammers, you should probably build a solid axle, Toyota or pickup. Yeah, for or, sure. Uh, or something. Yeah. 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 Andy's truck, I think, so he has a Dana 60, Curry Dana 60 rear axle. So he does a lot of like buy it solo adventures. You know, you know, I wouldn't call it overlanding because he's not the overlander type, but him and his dog just take off and they go on all these like long ass trips up to Utah, right. Colorado, you know, wherever. And they're doing, he does nothing super hard when he's solo, but he's like, I don't want that shit failing. I mean, you could, you know, when shit fails, it obviously, you're kind of fucked. Especially so he like has a diff. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so he has a Dana 60 rear axle made by Curry. He has RCVs up front. He has Marlin dual cases that he just put in maybe like two months ago. Um, and I think he already said RCVs. And it, it's just, I think it's built. He has a two over long travel yeah. kit and he doesn't break shit. I mean, he gets high centered sometimes. We call him turtle because he seems to always be squeezing in and <laughs> getting high centered on shit. But uh, yeah, I think it's badass. It's one of my favorite IFS trucks for sure. And he keeps it in super good condition. He doesn't, he doesn't like body damage. So he fixes it. I mean, he doesn't avoid, or he tries to avoid it, but he gets it still. That's right, man. Like, and he just fixes it. And I haven't done, you know, any, I mean, he's done fine. Fordis or Fordice. I still don't know how people want to say it. Fordice. I say Fordice. Fordice. I'll just say it like that. He does Fordice and like the truck comes out like pretty clean. Like he got some body damage on that side, on the passenger side or whatever, but it's like that's anytime I get people like you get mad, you don't get any body damage. It's like because I fix it when I'm like, I don't know, I hate body damage, but Oh, I don't. I don't care. I I don't have the patience to keep working with sheet metal. Yeah, no. Basically, it's like I try to keep body damage off the rear quarter panels because, like, doors and shit are irreplaceable and, yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, I pushed in a. Yeah, I try to go ahead. avoid, but it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I pushed in a avoid. rear quarter panel, my driver rear quarter panel up, and it wasn't even like something cool, because like that's the other thing, like body damage that comes from like trying something new or like you know on a hard line, like stupid mistake, stupid, like that. I was literally driving on an access, like not really an access road, because like you can only get to the road by trails but like it was basically like a connector between two trails like an old logging road or whatever and i was driving on it and there's a tree laying over and like the root ball was still attached to it and somehow i like just managed to clip the root ball and like rotate the whole fucking <laughs> bottom of the root ball up into the side of my truck just like oh no then it like and i was like are you kidding me like it wasn't even something cool dude something so stupid yeah yeah my first body damage that was actually pretty shitty was I was out at the desert over there in the area called North Glamis Hot Springs. Okay. So it's on the other side of Salton Sea from Glamis. Right. And we were camping. It was a family event. It was like my sister's birthday or something. So it was me, my brother, my dad, my sister, and all, all of us, our, our wives and stuff. And um, I was driving. I just finished my rear bumper. Just finished it. Like literally like less than a week ago. Right. And I finished it that Sunday. And this is Saturday now. And I'm, I'm leading the pack because I have the GPS and I you know, figure out where we're going. And I see a trail and I see a trail marker. And I, I stopped to see what that trail marker said, what trail it was, because I wanted to, you know, map it. And um, so I stop and I slow, I come to a slow stop and then I stop. My brother is doing the exact same thing, but without stopping. He's looking at the sign to see what it says and doesn't see me stop until it's too late. And just boom, right into my rear, rear hatch pushes in my rear quarter panel my tail light my bumpers my brand new fucking bumper that i just built is all bent so he's like freaking out his airbag went off he feels super bad we both have our like really young kids in the car so he feels like really bad right and i'm like you're good like i'm not pissed off at all you know i'm, I'm trying to stay calm we're all good everyone's safe and um and i was like man I fucking suck i just finished my bumper Everything's like looking good. Now my quarter panel is all fucked up. So initially I was going to have him fix it all. And then we just ended up going to the junkyard, getting a new taillight, getting a new hatch, putting on some earplugs and just going to town with a hammer on the bumper. Got it all fixed up for the most part. And I've just kind of let dealt with body damage since then. Right. I kind of pushed out what I could and that was about it. And ever since then, I've kind of said, fuck it. It's never going to be pretty again without spending a bunch of money on you know, body panels and that quarter panel, there's so many layers that it's, it's going to cost too much money to pay someone. Oh yeah. So, so at that yeah. point you might as well like put some sheet over it and something. Or, yeah. No, I just left it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. At some point, you know, with what we're doing, there's only going to be, you know, so much body damage that you can keep off of it, but you know, you could try to avoid it, but eventually it's going to come. Yeah, exactly. So at this point I'm kind of like, I'm going to avoid it, but I'm not going to let it stop me from trying stuff. Right. I just going to, my, my thing is, is as long as I don't lose like function of my windows and my doors and, right. and stuff like that, then I'm all right. I mean, as long as I don't do that stuff, I'll try to avoid it. But at the same time, I'm going to let it happen if that's the only way to get through something. Right. And it's not going to break shit. Didn't you already it. blow out that window that you blew out like last weekend or whatever? Yeah, second time. Second time. But yeah, second time. The first time. <laughs> exactly. I told myself last time, it was kind of a pain in the ass to switch out the windows. It's just, it, it's a, not a lot of work, but time it's not consuming. anything that's fun. Is you're not doing any upgrades or anything. Yeah. So it's just kind of more time consuming and it kind of sucks. So my thoughts were last time around, well, 
when it when the window breaks, it kind of puts glass everywhere. Oh yeah. And even and that so that was like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, the first time the window okay. broke. I told myself I'm gonna you know do aluminum next time around because one of the reasons is after I did it, I was finding glass for over a year. Oh yeah. In my vehicle, I thought I could get in there and vacuum everything. There's glass everywhere. I'm still finding glass from last time. Yeah. So this last time that I broke. It, when it hit, it wasn't even that hard of a hit, but glass was everywhere. Luckily, my kids weren't in the car. I mean, for it wouldn't sure. have been that big of a deal because that tempered glass is all small and not super sharp. Right. But it was all in the car seats. It was all over the front or the back seats. It was just everywhere. So figured I'm just going to do aluminum. Yeah. Can't really screw it up. And then imagine if I'm on doozy and it's raining, I can't really do anything besides a trash bag and some duct tape. Yeah, exactly. And that's a pain in the ass too. And driving seven hours with a trash bag on the rear window is going to be annoying. As that fuck. would suck so bad. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to avoid that. So I'll, I'll, when the next one breaks on the other side, I'll do it or I'll probably just end up doing it and then selling the the window to someone that needs it. Right. So we'll see. Plenty of third yeah, glass is just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At my, yeah, so I'm, when I'm going to avoid glass. Yeah. When my shit got broke into in like last December, they broke my rear window out of it and like when i was i just when i had to pull the interior panel off that one side to push that dent back out like i was like there was still glass like underneath like like the because all that like vinyl flooring kind of shit is behind the plastic yeah and there is still shit underneath that i was like i don't know how the fuck that got there it's so obnoxious right yeah glass it makes no sense on where where it's at i mean i've had my since that the first window broke i've had all my panels pulled out I've had my carpet pulled out. I've had everything pulled out and I vacuumed it when I did that. And I still found glass. Right. Even after everything's been pulled. Like, where, where did this even come from? I've tubbed my wheel wells. So there's no wheel wells. Like, literally everything was exposed. <laughs> How the hell is there more glass when I vacuumed and I had everything pulled out? It makes no sense. So it's not that big of a deal. It's just weird. Oh, yeah, man. It's kind of annoying. Well, I will let you get back to work. Um, I'm going to put the last little thing in this together and then I'll post it up and uh, then we can listen to it and then start fucking sharing it around. See if people want to listen to us blabber on about nothing. Yeah. And then we can actually start having like a little bit, we can have gas and all kinds of fun stuff. Talk about things that people actually want to talk about rather than just rambling about ourselves. Yes, exactly. It's a good intro. Yeah, for sure. It's a good intro, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to do some more of these and hopefully people find these exciting and, we can start doing what people want to hear right. a little bit more about, you know, put some topics out there. Exactly. Want to touch on tech stuff, especially like, cause you've done so much or enough suspension stuff, especially with the rear and people are going to want to hear about that. And then the engine cage on the front. Cause these are, it's cool. Cause it's big things that a lot of people are looking at and like, wow, I can't believe that he relocated the gas tank and did the links and cut out the inner fender wells and did the own tube work and stuff. But you're a, and I'm not saying this, a bad way so don't take it that way you're a mortgage broker that has done all of this yeah. work itself. you're not a fat like you're not i don't know like your background how you grew up and everything yeah. like that but you don't work in a fab shop you don't own a fab shop you know it's it's all stuff that you've done yourself and it has nothing to do with your uh you know career or anything like that so it's kind yeah. of stuff that i don't want to say anyone can do because you still have to have a knowledge but they can but stuff but, that anyone can yeah, learn seriously uh, to kind of back into that, you know, how I got into welding was, you know, I always thought welding was cool. I wouldn't, I like building shit with my hands. I kind of wanted to be an engineer, but didn't want to do the school thing. Right. So I wanted to be a little more hands-on. 
And so I actually went to school. I went to Valley College down here, and I went and I went to school for stickball. Okay. Figured that'd be a good career. And then I learned pretty quickly that it was just not for me. And I was kind of trying to get more and maybe into off-road things. So I got hired at, at a off-road shop, but not building off-road stuff. It was a little bit more structural stuff that I was building. Right. But I was watching these guys build, you know, uh, long travel stuff. This The guy, uh, Mike, he is like one of the best fabricators that I know. It's truly amazing what he can do. And I learned a lot from him, not from experience, but watching him and talking to him. Right. And then I got hired on shortly after to Poison Spider just welding bumpers and like putting bumpers together, oh, okay. not fabbing shit at all, just, but just welding. So I got welding experience from there, but I didn't get really any fab experience. I just watched guys do all the fab work, right. you know, seeing the guys build the race truck and, you know, the ultra four trucks and just watching these guys. I had no hands-on experience. So a lot of it was just visual and I kept learning and then like going on Instagram, like searching hashtags, you know, things that I was curious about and going on pirate four by four and just learning and learning and learning and then picked up a welder. Actually, my dad picked up a welder for me basically, because he doesn't weld, but he needed someone that can be able to weld for him. So that was me. Yep. And then picking up different tools and doing this and just got a tube bender, uh, tube notcher, just got a, a disc sander. So I'm not super heavily invested into this. Like I'm not like $10,000 invested. People can do it. You just got to take the time and get experience and just go for it. I mean, there's no way to, learn it without paying attention and learning from people ask questions that's that's why i like the forum the most is because you can just ask questions exactly. and then your questions are public i mean on instagram i like instagram it's cool because you could talk to people but most of that stuff's in pms i talk to people in pms well no one else is learning besides me exactly and that's so, where yeah so that's what i love about the forum because just talk about that stuff and ask questions. Then the next person that searches it, they have the same question and they're answering or they have another question that relates. So that's really all it is, is just jump into it. I mean, I, I didn't have a lot of two work experience before I did my, um, my rear tire carrier. That was basically my first bigger ish project with a tube bender. Right. And I figured it out and just took my time. You just got to jump into it. See if people let you borrow their tools, like a tube bender or something. And, Practice. It's definitely practice, practice, practice. Fab work is definitely one of those things like I'm definitely a hands-on learner. So it's like one of those things like I can watch videos and explaining and tube work. And there's I think it's like I think it's called like the fabrication channel or something on YouTube. The guy basically mm-hmm. like goes down like how to bend tube and all the math and everything that goes into it. And, like it's really good information, but there's also like the same time, like you're saying, like sometimes you might just have to, you know, get them get borrow a two bender buy a two bender buy a welder whatever you have to do and then start doing it yourself and you know kind of exactly the welder will pay itself off so fast i don't know how many people when i got my finally got my own welder my last job i was able to use their welder i didn't have you know so i was able to do my own work it wasn't that big of a deal but the new job i can't so Mm. like once you know this summer i finally got my own welder how many people hit you up and like hey can you do this and this so it's like it's also something you can yeah you know and it's good to have you know a guy in your group and in your area that can weld and stuff so you know save friends money and stuff like that too exactly i help out people all the time i basically try to charge like basically like minimum rate you know what it would be i I charge people for the most part unless like a super close friend or a family member but i try to do things like you know someone needs some stuff and stuff installed or whatever well i'm not going to do my i'm not gonna give it my weekend for free but i'm gonna give it to you for like super cheap right. so it gives me some money in my pocket some beer money some gas money or whatever well, 
and then you got a super good deal on it. So I try to do that, help out where I can. Exactly. It's, it's awesome to be able to help people. And most, but yeah, that's the big thing is just jump into it. And then if you know someone, for people that are listening, if you know someone that does stuff, you know, ask to come over and help. Watch, you know, they're going to make you do the grunt work. Hey, you know, go clean up this material or go do this or go bend this tube, you know, 60 degrees, whatever. Go, you know, notch this and make sure it fits fucking perfect. You might spend an hour notching it, but you're going to get a little bit of experience and you're going to learn what little details you need to do when it comes to notching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so many things. There are so many small fab shops in any area, especially down where you're at in California or basically anywhere over California, Utah, Colorado, even up here, there's a bunch of them. And you call up any of them and you say, hey, I want to learn how to do this shit can I come help for free? Like, I don't, like, I'm not trying to be an employee, nothing. Like if you volunteer your time to go work with those guys, they're getting free work out of it and you're getting education out of it. Like it can't be like, there's not much better of a payoff than that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, That's the biggest thing is just experience. I mean, jump in, get experience. Like when I went to school for welding, I learned to stick weld. Stick weld's a little bit harder than MIG welding, but I never even touched a MIG welder. Um, and I figured out when I, the first time I touched a MIG welder, I was applying for a freaking job and I didn't even know to turn on the welding gas <laughs> when I got this job. So I started welding it and the guy looks at me like, what the fuck is this idiot doing? And so he stops. He's like, Hey, turn on the gas. So I was like, Oh shit. I didn't know how to do that. So I turn on the gas and I laid down a decent bead and he goes, Oh wow. You said you've never MIG welded before. And I was like, well, I, you know, I've been going to school for stick welding, but you learn. You right. Know? And I only took a, a one class. It wasn't anything crazy, and it was for structural stuff, nothing to do with fab work. But you know, it, it was super cheap. It was like 150 bucks, and it, it paid for everything. So it's a lot cheaper than buying your own shit if you want to do that. So just that's what I'm trying to tell people: is just do something to learn. Because if you want to get into off roading, if you don't know how to weld, you're going to spend a lot of time and money. That's one thing that I noticed, like especially having my own welder at my, you know, well, I have it at my parents' house because I have an apartment, but you know. Having my own welder at my disposal, I don't know how the hell I've ever gone without having my own welder at my disposal. So that's one thing. Right. Or if you have like someone that lives close by, like you're saying, like you do work for friends, like most people in this community are going to pay you to do stuff for them. Like not a lot of people are going to ask for stuff free. Now I have, like you said, good friends that will come over and they're like, I I was like, yeah, come over. We'll weld it up. It's not like they'll take not take very long or like heavier projects and stuff like that. But, you know, just other people from the community, like they're trying to save money, too, because they're doing the same things that we are. And they know that, you know, your weekends and times are valuable. Exactly. And I always tell people, you know, I'm giving you a major discount. and I'm just charging you kind of for my time, not for, you know, to make money. Right. And, you know, I'm not, I'm basically minimum wage in a way. Right. And, um, you know, they're more than happy. And they try to, sometimes they give me a little bit extra. It's like, wow, you saved me a lot of money. Here's an extra 50 bucks or something. Right. Um, or I tell them, you know, just bring over a 36 pack and, you know, that'll be my beer for the weekend or, you know, pay it forward, right. you know, make sure someone else, or when I need help, you know, you do electrical or you do this, Right. when I need help, you know, be ready to come over and help me out or at least like guide me through something, yep. just do something to help someone else because that's all I'm doing. I'm not trying to make a living off of it. And people ask me to do stuff like for bigger projects and I turn it down kindly. Right. Um, just cause I don't have the time with two kids, my own piece of shit project and a career that I'm working on building up. So yeah, that, I don't have a whole lot of time for other stuff, but yeah. little stuff. Yeah. I'm all game on, bring your shit over when I'm working on mine and we'll tag it for sure. Tag team it. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I could awesome. keep talking for fucking hours. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we're already at basically an hour. With, with the, the last one, for sure. So, yeah, I'll let you get back to work uh, for, you know, hopefully. Maybe we'll stop talking. But yeah, I'll let you get back to work. And then, yeah, I can't wait to keep doing this. Basically, we're just going to bring on guys that know and actually wheel. There's a lot of people out there yep. on Instagram and social media that have super built rigs and do not do anything. Those are not the people that are going to be on here. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. And if you if you want to hear you know certain topics or from certain people, you know, make sure you respond to us. I'm I'm assuming that at some point we're going to have an Instagram. For yeah, we something. should definitely start um, one for this. For now, until we get that off the ground, either message myself at Team Broverland or message uh, Steven at Asperns on Instagram. Uh, and then, you know, we'll get that going and we'll start just working. suggesting. Yeah, exactly. But what do you want to hear? What do you want us to talk about? Who do you want us to talk to? I mean, it could be anyone. And if you um, want we'll to try to keep on. it more focused on people that are serious dedicated exactly yeah. and if you want to come on you're listening to this and you're like wow these guys talk about exactly what i'm into and i know this stuff shoot us a message like we're like yeah yeah if you have questions too you know feel free to we can have you on and ask questions because we can answer questions hopefully I mean, right i'm not some genius guru when it comes to off-roading but i've you know kind of jumped into it enough that i've learned a lot i felt like right. um, more than happy to help people so if you want to jump on have all these questions jump on get on and we'll answer questions because i'm sure if you have this question other people i probably had that same question yep. at some point and other people have that and the biggest thing for me kind of what's all about. wanting to do this is that i have so many questions and the guys that i want to bring on like yourself and you know especially andy and those guys like they have done so much stuff and uh have done the work like me bringing those guys on is going to help educate me and if i can do educate myself record it and put it out to other people i mean i think we're you know win-win situation there exactly should be a hell of a lot of fun oh, yeah. looking forward to the next i one. can't wait let me know when you get back we'll set something up man yeah if i don't turn into a popsicle I'll let you know. <laughs> sounds good be safe wheel hard try not to break another window will do yeah sounds, sounds good man take care okay, man. talk to you guys soon Bye.